Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood DeFi. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Todd Sipperman. Todd, are you ready to do this? I can't wait. All right, let's 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 go. Todd is the founding principal of Sipperman Compliance Services. They're an organization providing chief compliance officer services to money managers, registered funds, family offices, private equity firms, broker dealers, fintech companies. Again, excited to have you on, Todd. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work why you do what you do um why i do what i do well i am uh, i've been i'm a lawyer by training i've been a securities lawyer for hard to believe 30 years i'm married i have two college-aged daughters um and why i do what i do i used to work at a big company and i was general counsel there and i really and i did enjoy that work a lot but i was i have an entrepreneurial bent and i was getting a lot of calls from what we refer in the industry as emerging managers. These are not huge. These are not Fidelity Vanguard. These are, you know, entrepreneurs looking to get in the money management business. And fundamentally, you know, most, most of my clients and most people I talk to want to do the right thing. It's just compliance ain't their thing. Regulatory stuff ain't their thing. And I really felt that I could build a firm that allows them to do the two fundamental things they need to do, which is run money and raise money. And then we would take care and make sure they didn't get in trouble with the regulator. Uh, and that is real. that was really our founding principle. And it's 18 years, 18 years later, here we are. Nice. 18 years, 30 years. So I'm, I'm going to show off my math skills here, Todd. 12 <laughs> years, 12 years in the belly of the beast, working for some big companies and now 18 years on, on, on your own. So you've probably seen most of it. And just when you think that, then all of a sudden we have this whole brave new world of, of, of new things popping up. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I tell people I do compliance and and, and they, they, they sort of glaze over because it's not terribly sexy, um, but in, in, including my college-age daughters who really glaze over. But I, I, I'll tell you, the, the, the truth is, um, given where I am, I'm on the entrepreneurial sort of uh, uh, tip of the spear, if you will, in financial services. And there is actually nothing sexier right now than financial services. There's so much going on. Uh, whether everything from private funds to cryptocurrency to payment for order flow and GameStop and all this good stuff. And as a firm, you know, we're right in the middle of that. You know, we're dealing with a lot of these entrepreneurs doing this kind of stuff. You know, sometimes it's really cool working for big companies, which I have done. Uh, but, you know, they don't sometimes don't get into these sort of uh, new cutting edge issues. And it's, it's really interesting. And then, of course, layer on, oh, you know, world crises like a pandemic. And it's even been more challenging. And I would say fun. Um, the, my, uh, my, I, I think the worst thing in the world for someone like me is to be bored. I'd rather be challenged, busy, angry, upset than bored out of my mind. And I got to tell you, in 18 years, I have never been bored. In the corporate world, it was it was great. I learned a lot. I, there was a lot of boredom, though. Uh, a lot of meetings I didn't want to go to. I don't have that anymore. And uh, and hopefully we make life easier for our clients. I mean, so, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, and it, it's uh it's a brave new world out there. It really is. Um, we see people doing all kinds of things, trying to uh, invest, invest capital, trying to figure out how to make money. How do you, you talked about how people's eyes glaze over and I, 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 I totally get it. And people probably have a perception that you're more the police than you are anything else and so on and so forth. But how, how do you think about compliance? Yeah. I, listen, uh, there's a lot of things you have to do to run a business. And that's, that is the reality. Um, 
it, what we do is is not rocket science by any stretch, but there's a lot you have to know. You can't just add water and become a, a regulatory specialist. It just doesn't work that way. And I don't think our clients really should be expected or really uh, incur that burden. I think they do what they do, um, which is run businesses. And I think it's really hard for them without expert help to get there without sort of what I, we call getting into regulatory footfalls. You know, I, like I said, have I come across bad people in my, my 30 year career? Yeah, of course I have. I would say that's an infinitesimally small number. Uh, most of them really want to do the right thing, but don't know what to do. Um, some, uh, you know, want to do as much as they possibly can to push the envelope. That's less, less typical. What we try to do is say, hey, look, we'll put the bubble wrap around you. We will give you clear rules of the road as to what you can and can't do. We'll take care of this stuff so you don't have to freak out and worry about it. Um, you know, and I think we, we like it. I, my, my marketing people hate this term, but I think of ourselves almost like a landscaper. Yeah, you could do it yourself if you had the expertise, the time, and the people. But why would you? I mean, I think that's really where we come at this. And you know, <laughs> and I always say to people, look, you know, like you, um, you're, you're, you, you run a, a show, right? And and probably people looking and say, uh, you, you know, could I run the show? Maybe they could, maybe they couldn't. But there's a lot more to it. And we sort of say the same thing: Could you do compliance? Yeah, you're smart enough. Um, but could I run portfolio management? They'd be like. No, you know, that you're not. And I think that's the kind of thing we're experts in what we do so that you can kind of go do your thing. We try to avoid that, what you call the cop or we, we call them finger waggers. You know, the people that get up in front of the room and wag their finger at you say, do this, don't do that. F frankly, our clients don't care. They don't really care. We take on that role for them. So we're not wagging their fi our finger. We just give them rules of the road. And I think that works a lot better. That, that's our, that's our, our, our view of the world. Yeah, well, that certainly does make sense. And I don't understand why your marketing people don't like that analogy. I think it's excellent, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> they they prefer we're experts in something you don't need to be. But ah. the, the land, but you know, I find what what I find about uh, people in the investment business, um, they're really really smart people, and tend to be really really successful, right? Um, and, and I think a lot of smart and successful people uh, make a mistake, which they think that you know. Because they're good at one thing, they they should be good at everything, um, and and that and I don't and I don't think this is true. And and also, intelligence doesn't equal knowledge. Um, I'm not saying that my clients are more are smarter than I am. They might very well be, um, but I know more about this, and they know more about that. And I think that that is a mistake a lot of really smart entrepreneurs make. Hey, I'm really good at this. I can do everything myself. I also think uh, that. There's a, what I call, I, I call, and I think I borrowed some of the entrepreneur's fallacy, which is people go into business and they're like, and they want to just do everything. But the reality is there's only so much time in a day, right? You, you think as an entrepreneur, you have unlimited time. You just keep doing it. When you get to a certain point as your business grows, you're like, time becomes the most precious commodity. And I always say to them, why would you spend your time on compliance when you can hire someone at a lot less cost if you look at your internal cost of doing that? And I see that a lot with really smart entrepreneurs. They're, 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 they're super people, and they are, but they, they shouldn't, they, even if they could do everything, they shouldn't, and they probably could do everything if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, that certainly does make sense. It really is, it's, it's, it's a, a trap for sure. That's a trap. So with, with new, you, you talked about how we're at the tip of the spear, and this is an extremely exciting time and dynamic time 
how do you how how do you navigate new marketplaces? Yeah, it's hard. Um, I, I, I'll I'll be honest. It is it is uh, it is a challenge. Um, th- there's a lot of real uh, what I'll call heavy heavy lifting in this space. Um, so every day uh, of my work life, I get up and I read multiple publications. Um, that includes I, I read three newspapers a day, which is the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm, I'm based outside of Philadelphia. Um, I also read the Apple News feeds to see what sort of the general pop is looking at, but that's only the beginning of it. Then I go to the SEC website, FINRA. I read third-party uh, third-party reviews. I, I read SC, I'm at the SEC website. I do all this stuff. Every, this is every day of my life, and and I've gotten good at this. It probably takes me two hours to go through all that every day. And then I, if I find something what I think that my clients be interested in, I write about it. And I've, I've had a blog on compliance, which I know sounds even sexier than doing compliance, but a blog on compliance. I actually wrote a book about compliance. I've, I've gone further. Um, where I tell someone sort of in, in about a couple of sentences something that interesting that happened. And there's two reasons I do that. One is, yes, I want to inform my clients about what's going on uh, and give them some, some actual information. But also it helps me. I find that discipline of reading and creating that blog has, lodges it in my head. Um, so within that, 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 uh, that, that brain, that, that, that small brain of mine, um, I, I got all this stuff floating around. So it is a lot of work and I'm just one person. We have a forum of 23 people. They're all doing the same thing. So we're all constantly surveilling the marketplace. And then once I learn the regulatory stuff, then it gets harder. So let's, let's take cryptocurrency. It's a great example. The regulatory side isn't all that complicated because it's not all regulation, but understanding how the market works. I've spent a lot of time reading. I'm not an expert. I, I know my way around. And that's just from doing that work. And again, if you're an entrepreneur, do, unless you're in the cryptocurrency business, do you really want to know all that? Or do you want to find someone who spends their time doing that? And that's really how we do it. So there's a lot of spade work there. And then I think the bigger part uh, is taking that all that data, and that's what I call it, data, and sort of putting it in information. So. My daily blog, like I said, is I think each blog post is only about 100 words. To take something very complicated, sift through the entire world and say, okay, here's one item on one topic in 100 words. We have heard back that our clients and prospects and friends find that very useful. And I think that's where the world's going. There's just so much information. It's, it's the people that can make that helpful. I think it's really interesting. In many ways, we went through this sort of information disintermediation phase where uh, people wanted direct access. Now there's so much information we're going the other direction. We're, you're relying on trusted sources like you, frankly, to sort of sift through that and tell people what's important. And we think that's a real value add for us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And what a what a great habit to to be in to wake up every day and to to read three newspapers and go to the FINRA and SEC websites and digest everything in two hours and then to write about it. I think is well, is is well, George. I've been doing this since 2008, this blog. I mean, I've been reading for my entire career, but the blog I've been doing is 2008. And I, I say it's daily. It's probably it's three to five times a week, depending on the news. And the number one thing people ask me when they meet me is who writes that? Mm. I'm like, who do you think writes that? <laughs> I think people have this view that there's some shortcut, um, but there really isn't because that's it really is a creative, mental, analytical exercise that I, I do. Um, there, there's no service that can do that for you. It's just, 
aside of someone like like us. So it's 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 really interesting. But that's the normal question again. Who does that? And, I'm like, and they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, I get up every day, I read a bunch of stuff, and I write and I write something. And it's 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 a discipline. It's a discipline. Yeah, for sure. So for people who are who are entering into um let's just let's just use cryptocurrency or or, or blockchain or some of the things you mentioned or, tra- or trading GameStop or or just trading GameStop and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm also curious what your take is on on people talking about um, people talking about investing and all these things on social media um, that's fascinating to me <clears throat> I just can't imagine that that a lot of that is necessarily compliant but um, just I, I, I guess why don't we talk about that real quick sure I mean, and and again I, I I'm going to talk about this as a finance professional. It's really a compliance issue. I, I think people need to distinguish saving, investing, and and fun. Because the three are really different, right? We save money um, to buy a house, hopefully for education, for our children. That's saving. And I think that has its own thing, right? You gotta be you gotta be a little more conservative. This is not money you want to lose. Um, it, it, it's nest egg stuff. There's then that, that would say there's investing, which is, yeah, I don't need this to eat. I don't need this for my house, but I want to see if I can create some long-term security for myself. That's investing. And then there's fun. And I think this whole GameStop uh, and, and some AMC and some of the other these uh, online stuff, I think the regulator is, is I think it, it needs to be reviewed, but I think a lot of people out there, for them, it's fun money. It's no different than going to DraftKings and live betting a football game. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think the question becomes, are people putting it in the right context? Listen, I have a drink once in a while, right? I don't drink a bottle of Jack Daniels every night. Um, so I, I think like anything else, there, there's a time and a place. I'm not against what happened with GameStop. I think uh, if, if people want to mess around and throw a few bucks at it and see if they can, great. That's the, well, let, let the market beware. I think the issue becomes, where does that fit in your greater investing life? Don't don't uh, don't bet the farm on uh, you know the game stock rise in the next two days because I've been this is where I've been around uh, a long time. I've seen uh, I remember the Asian flu crisis in the in the '90s. I re, I actually remember the, the the stock market crash '87. The the uh, you know the um, dot com bust. I remember the financial crisis. I've been through a lot of stuff and. Uh, you know the little guy gets hurt, and and if you if you're okay losing the money, that's fine. But just just be careful out there, is what I would say. Yeah, I think that that's well said. So for people who are who are establishing a new venture or thinking about a new venture from a compliance standpoint, um, how 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 do they need to go about thinking about that? Things they set up. Yep. I would say the number one thing I have learned, and I say to people, is it's not intuitive. We hear this all the time. I talk to a, a real good prospect or a potential client, and they'll say, "Well, yeah, we can figure this out." And I, I'm like, "We're good guys." I hear that a lot. We're good guys, uh, <laughs> generically speaking. We do the right thing, and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's not really about being a good guy. You actually have to. There's rules you have to follow that are not particularly intuitive uh, under the securities laws, and I'm not going to get into those because they're boring. Sure. Um, you're not going to spend the time to learn those rules or how to comply with those." You think about it like, uh, you know, any kind of highly regulated industry. I, I sort of joke that um, it, it, I, this goes back ways. We call it the American system and I call it the communist system. The American system is like 
you can do anything you want as long as there's no law prohibiting it. Well, the communist system was just the opposite, right? It was, you can't do anything unless it's permitted. Financial services regulation is closer to the latter. There's really not much you can do that there's not some regulation, either prescription or proscription, uh, that, that doesn't apply. So don't think you can just figure it out because of your moral compass. Um, yeah, uh, it's good. It's good not to steal from clients. It's good not to lie. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. That's a good thing to live by, generally speaking. But it's not necessarily going to be enough to make sure you avoid the SEC bringing enforcement case against you, which can get very ugly. Yeah, I imagine that an ounce of prevention is is better than a pound of cure. This is this is not an ask forgiveness kind of situation. It is. I, I hear that from salespeople all the time. I'll do it. I'll ask forgiveness later. No, because that doesn't work. Once there's an enforcement case, that enforcement case lives forever on the internet and shows up every time you try to get a client. This financial services and ask permission kind of place. And that's nobody wants to hear that, but that's where we come in. That's yeah. why there's a lot of lawyers making a thousand bucks an hour uh, in this area, because as, as, as they say, why, why do they charge a thousand bucks an hour? Because they can get it. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> that, that makes all the sense in the world. Well, Todd, the people are ready for that difference making tip. What do you have for them? Um, my, my difference making tip is don't be locked in to what you see today. Um, I think people get too uh, narrowly focused on the here and now, their current organization, what's cool. Keep your eyes wide open. See where you can take your, your, your time and treasure and apply it in such a way that not only helps other people, but makes, makes you better and makes you happier. Well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Come on. Todd, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they find the blog? It's uh, Sipperman, uh, just like it sounds with a C, C-I-P-P-E-R-M-A-N dot com. And you can access the blog through our website. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Todd your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Sipperman.com. That's C-I-P-P-E-R-M-A-N dot com and learn about everything that Todd is working on and check out the blog and appreciate the fact that he wakes up every day and reads for two hours and then produces it. Thanks again, Todd. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.